Welcome to the Natural Health Rising podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, Certified Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner. I'm here to deliver you weekly episodes where you will hear conversations with health experts and solo episodes about functional medicine and all things holistic health. My goal is to provide you with the knowledge and tools you need in order to help you rise to your healthiest, happiest self. Hello, welcome to episode 13 of the Natural Health Rising podcast. On today's episode, I have a very special guest, Lily Buley. And she is, first of all, super special because she's actually one of my very close friends. So I really enjoyed this conversation. But she is amazing when it comes to emotional work, trauma work, healing just in general. But what she does is she is actually a feminine and masculine dating coach. And she has over 10 years of experience in personal development. So she herself went from just surviving in life to thriving in love and purpose. Currently, she's helping women and men date with confidence so that they can find epic, magnetic love. Lily is on a mission to educate people on how dating can be fun again after a divorce, or even in their 30s and 40s, or even if they've been single for forever. We have the ability to create magnetic energy in our dating lives, even if we have to perform and be high achievers in other areas. So through her love method and date with authenticity framework, her lifelong mission is for everyone to find the fulfillment and joy that only love and connection can bring. And you're probably wondering, why are we talking about relationships and dating and love on this podcast where we talk a lot about health and functional medicine and things like that, that's because this is a holistic health podcast. And even in my work as a practitioner, that's something I talk about with my clients. We talk about, hey, are your relationships healthy? And yes, it's about nutrition. It's about exercise, but it's also about spirituality, relationships, all these other aspects of our life that contribute to our well-being. And we do know that having healthy relationships, and you know, this is intimate relationships, this is friendships, relationships with family, with work, any of that stuff. Healthy relationships can reduce stress, lead to a longer life, provide us with a greater sense of purpose, and can support us in making healthier decisions in our lives. In this episode, you'll hear Lily and I discuss how experiences in childhood can create unhealthy, intimate relationships as adults, and what keeps people going back into unhealthy relationships or dating patterns, and what keeps them from achieving what they really want. And what's the difference between masculine and feminine energies and why balancing those in ourselves is super important in order to attract the right partner and keep that as a healthy partnership. We also talk about why dating coaches are missing something or why all, you know, all the dating advice that you read on Instagram and online isn't actually working for you. And then we go into Lily's love method for dating and her four dating archetypes at the end. You definitely don't want to miss that so you can figure out what archetype you are. And we talk about tons of other juicy info on dating, patterns, and how to heal. So 
please enjoy this episode with Lily Buley and I. All right. Welcome, Lily. Thanks for being on the podcast. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today, Rachel. Me too. It's been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. So I always like to start off with people's stories. So in regards to maybe why you became a masculine and feminine dating coach, and just tell us a little bit more about that story and personal journey for you. Ooh. Okay. Well, how long do you have? I'm just kidding. It actually, it's actually is really simple. And the simple part is that what I've learned about myself and what I teach now is basically that I love big, like I love so big and I help other people love big too. Now getting to that and to being so aligned with that and on purpose and, um, and really kind of getting to this place in my journey where I just have like this, you know, me, like, you know, we have a personal relationship too. And I just have this overflowing bucket of self-love, but it has always been that way. And I grew up in a pretty messed up uh, place in childhood. And we can talk about, you know, I'm open, you know, it's fair game right now. So I'm open to whatever we want to talk about. But growing up from a pretty messed up place where I was the, the space holder for a lot of things in my family, um, I sometimes feel like that I was a tool for uh, regulation. I was a tool for abuse. I was a tool for drama. And what that ended up kind of turning out in my life and relationships was relationships I really wasn't fulfilled. And actually, I was like dimming my voice. I was, um, uh, you know, I, I kind of open myself up to abuse as well and not really knowing it at the time. Um, and my last really major relationship was in the span of like of eight years. And in that time, he and I were on and off five or six times. We, li- we probably lived in three or four different places together. Um, I was on the outside, I was really kind of happy. Like if, if Instagram was happening back then, I would have been, you know, on Instagram posting all the happy pictures and the date nights and all that stuff. But really on the inside, um, inside myself, I was crumbling. I was like, literally like dying, like spiritually, mentally, uh, psychologically, all this stuff. I was just dying inside. And this relationship really, um, And even though like I had something on the outside, like even my resume was popping, like I was making six figures. And again, like everything, everything that I was projecting unknowingly on the outside was what I was supposed to be doing, but there wasn't a a feeling of unfulfillment and not being expressive with myself on the inside. And I didn't really know that. And this relationship that I'm talking about really got me to the place of like, putting myself in really dangerous situations. Like I even, um, you know, this about me, Rachel, but I had to call the cops on him a couple of times. I had a restraining order against him. And I even went back with him after this happened. And the last time I I went back with him, I remembered seeing that the pat, like I was kind of at that point where I, I had done a little bit of personal development and I, but I was seeing the patterns in my mom and my dad's relationship. And I saw the same patterns in my relationship and I resigned myself. You know, some people call it settling. I call it resignation. I resigned myself to, this is what is all, this is, this is me. Like, this is the, this is the, the, the hand that I've been dealt. These are the cards that, that have been dealt for me. I can't get, get any much, any better than this. And this is where I'm supposed to be. So even the last time after all of this stuff and me being in physical danger and all of these things, I went back with him and I said to him, 
exactly, not exactly this, but I was like, I've just kind of figured out like you're my person. And, but that was, came from a very traumatized, unhealthy place. Right. And so it really came to a head on one night um, in 2018 on my birthday. And I've always had like a really bad relationship with birthdays. I've always felt like I've, you know, that I've never been truly loved on my birthday. It's like my one day for people to love me and like to show me that they love me and all that stuff. And it didn't happen that night, go figure. And I just remember crumbling that night because I was so unhappy and he like, didn't give me a gift or he didn't, I just didn't feel special. And I remember going in the bedroom and I was bawling, I was crying. And to myself, I was like, why can't I just be happy? Why can't I just be happy? I've been doing all of the things to try to be happy. I have, you know, I had achieved as much as I could achieve at that point. And I just didn't understand. It's like the equation that I was given was wrong. And it was, you know, people call that the dark night of the soul. And that's where I was. Like I was there deep in it by myself. And I remember and trigger warning y'all out there, um, you know, so I am going to be talking about suicide, but I think this is important. Um, I remember I was in such a deep, dark place that I remember that there was a gun in the drawer next to me and I opened the drawer and I pulled it out and I held it in my hand. And I just remember it was so cold and it was like so rough and raw. It's like this steel, this unfeeling thing. And I thought that that was my answer. Um, and then something happened where I was like, this isn't the answer. Everything that I have been, t- been told or been doing has been wrong. And that was the night that it kind of opened up to a better way, which is one of my core tenants and what I teach and we can talk about too. Um, so that night, I, you know, didn't end up leaving this earth. I put it back in the drawer, but that was the night where I opened up to like all of the shit that I had. Can I say shit? Sorry. Yeah. You can say whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah. (laughs) So so all of the shit, I realized that all of the shit that I had been teaching myself or had been taught and this, this path that I had been going down was not for me and it was wrong. And that was the day I opened up to awakening to personal development. And that was the beginning of like the evolution that you see now. And that I, what I teach now is being the magnetic woman, being the magnet to everything, all of the good shit, all the fucking good shit in your life. So that was a long (laughs) answer to your short question. So thank you for allowing me to share that. That was great. Never too long. And it opened up a lot of things that I want to ask you about now. So thank you for sharing that. I too, as you know, have a past trauma, like trauma-based relationship where it was abusive and all the same things, you know, growing up and seeing certain patterns in my life and then thinking like just falling into that and thinking, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, this is normal. Like this Mm -hmm. is what I deserve. And this is how life goes for me. And that can be really challenging to come out of. So Hmm, where do I want to take this first? Well, I'm really curious though. What, okay. What was the internal dialogue like when you were holding that gun in your hand? How mm. did that switch for you? That's a great question, Rachel. And, and I don't know if I have a concrete answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really believed in a higher source or higher power. In fact, that um, some people will say, you know, I've, I've done a lot of research and studying about 
you know, suicide and about depression. And, um, you know, I've actually, you know, practiced with a lot of amazing practitioners that we have, you know, probably read books on, um, you know, been in workshops with them and things like that. Um, I never, you know, to me, the first thing that comes to my, my like knowing and awareness today, as I talk about this is something tapped me on the shoulder. And that's the best kind of explanation that I can give. I can say that my relationship with a higher power, I grew up in a Southern Baptist environment, um, which I don't know, I we haven't really talked about this, but I'm, you know, maybe very similar, but it, it basically an environment where it's, it's indoctrinated with fear. Right. So I never really had a, a great spiritual connection. In fact, at that time, you know, I was so ego and self-driven, which is also good. Let's, you know, let's put that there. But at the time, my religion was myself to be real. And people would say, ask me like, what do you believe in? I'm like me, you know, I was so alone. I felt very alone and disconnected from higher power, even self, um, so many things. So I think that that was the first time I had anything like that had ever come into my awareness ever. And so I was so scared, like it scared me, but at the same time, it also gave me power in this weird way, because if I had the power to end it, I had the power to get out of it. Right. So it's like that Um, switch that just gave me goosebumps actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a little bit teary yet as I do. Me too. Y'all, so, yeah. <laughs> y'all my, our superpower as women, our emotions. So let that shit flow. We're going but, deep. Yeah. So it really did. And, and I don't know, like today, I don't know, honestly, like, and I'm okay saying, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it, something happened there. It was just a switch in me. And some people call it spirituality. Some people call it God, you know, what have you, but there was just something inside of me that, that realized that what everything that I had been doing, who I was, even the path that I had been walking was not my path. It was not my path. And that whatever that was opened me up to just something different and was okay. Just in that moment with just living and not knowing what was going to happen next. That is so powerful. Just that statement. I I can't get it out of my head. Like realizing you have the power to pull the trigger, but then you, that means you have the power to do anything to walk Mm. out of that relationship, to change, to figure it out. That's amazing. Mm. With you saying that the relationship you were in kind of reflected from some things you were seeing growing up. Can you explain more about that? And just in a general sense in relating to other people, like how common is this? And you know, is this tied to trauma, stress? Like what does that pattern really look like for people normally? Does that Mm. make sense? I think so. Um, so yeah, let's see where it goes. Um, I think that, so what I know now about our nervous systems, even the, the, the neurons and the neuroplasticity, the neural networks in our brain is that you know, at that time, going back then, like at that time, I didn't even know when I went back with him, like the fifth or sixth time after, like, again, like really like he broke into my house a couple of times. He pushed me. I had to call the cops like this. It ain't no small thing. And I want to just say, if y'all, if you're listening out there, abuse doesn't have to look like that. Let me just put that there. Abuse does not have to look like 
pushing and violence and stuff, you know, and, and things that I went through. And I hope it doesn't have to get there for you if you're listening. Abuse can also look like um, gaslighting. It can look like, um, uh, like, like mental abuse, financial abuse. You know, there's so many different ways we can, and we don't have to go down that path, but I, I, that felt important for me to say. So if you don't feel seen and if you don't, if you express yourself and you are um, criticized for it, or if it's a continuous action of criticism and gaslighting and um, just really not being held in who you are and it hurts you, that's abuse. Okay. So Mm -hmm. let's just say that. Um, Now I forget your original question. (laughs) That's my dissociation. Y'all coming out. (laughs) Let's actually rephrase it. So what is blocking people from getting into a healthy relationship? Mm. Is it, are there certain limiting beliefs and patterns? And is this always tied to something from childhood? Let's, Mm. let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. So, yeah, I want to address that question. Let me write this other path, other thing down, um, because this is important. So what we don't, what we don't know when we're kind of in the thick of things is we are attracted to the familiar whether that be healthy or unhealthy, whether it's a label of unhealthy, healthy, good, bad. If we grew up in a situation where even emotional neglect, what we're learning now, and this is all new, this, we didn't know this before. So if you're hearing this for the first time, it's okay. Now we can take action on it. We thought abuse before was just like these harsh things, you know, and, and I have, you know, I have clients who are like, oh, at least he didn't hit me. And Right. So, so there's an, again, there's another tangent there, but what we know now is that we, in some respects are attracted to the familiar because of the, the situations that we've been in, um, from childhood, for example, like not even knowing that me, you know, jumping into this relationship, I was really kind of putting myself in a familiar situation. So even though it was unhealthy, um, it was familiar, right? So I knew what to expect. There are some parts of me, let's say, that knew what to expect, right? So that's why it's so hard to jump into personal growth or even to get a coach or even to get to go into therapy because there are parts of us that are really, really wounded and are in that that age, that childhood age of us being neglected, abused, witnessing things that we maybe shouldn't have witnessed. Those parts will hold us back from, from growing because- it's unfamiliar. We don't know what to expect. Like, I can't tell you how many clients that I have come into coaching containers with me. And they're like, I didn't know what to expect. I'm glad I'm here, but those are the parts kind of that hold us back. Does that make sense? Yeah. So is that often why someone will probably say no to a lot of this coaching stuff or getting, you know, hiring a really good health professional or just making that financial investment in themselves? Because subconsciously, I mean, on the surface level, they, they know, okay, I think I need help. I'm going to try this out. And then they freak out and retract and subconsciously say, no, is that kind of where you're going to? Yeah, that's a major reason for sure. And I also want to say, like, if you have this analogy, especially in our neural networks and our, in our nervous system, when, so this is how the familiar works is if we're in the same environment, you know, you like, you've probably seen people do donuts in the snow. So when they keep going around and doing a donut and doing a donut, the grooves get thicker, the grooves get thicker. So that's what happens, whether we can control the situation in childhood or not, which more than likely we can't, these grooves get thicker and it gets, you know, the, the people that we attract, even our relationship with money, our relationship with ourselves. So 
it's a longer conversation than we have here today, but in general, the grooves just get thicker and thicker when we keep going down these paths. So when I noticed that my relationship, like one day, Rachel, my dad said the same thing to me that my, my ex did like exact the same words. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. And so at the time, again, like I wasn't deep in personal growth at that time, but I was like, okay, well then this must be what I'm here for. Like, this must be all that I can get. Right. So it keeps re our environments keeps reinforcing this groove. So when we start personal growth or something like that, we're going off on a different like groove and a different highway. Right. So there's the snow is like six feet deep. Like we're trudging through it. It's mm-hmm. scary. You know, how like when you step in snow and you're like on the slopes <laughs> or whatever, you don't know what's under, like you can fall through, you have no idea. Right. Yeah. So Um, personal growth is, you know, it's, it's a lot about consistency. It's a lot about repetition. And this is like in studies on studies on studies now, and again, relatively new information. Um, but it's like, just, it's starting the new, the new groove, right? So if we're just stuck in this, in this pattern, like we talk about in this pattern of not being seen, not being heard in relationships, we start to internalize that we start to not, not see and hear ourselves. So we can't make better decisions. So that's the first thing I think is important to address. The second thing is here's what no one talks about when we're talking about that second question that you asked, which is the behaviors that we need to to do in order to have healthy relationships, in order to have a healthy relationship with ourselves, that is normally the gap. So I'm assuming that people that are listening to this podcast are really deep in personal growth, right? I'm I'm assuming that they're here to learn more about themselves and listen to a conversation and, and have ahas and epiphanies. The problem with personal development today is that it's focused on the thoughts, the mindset and the emotions up here. So I don't know if you've ever felt this, Rachel, I think that you have, cause I have too, but have you ever, like, if you feel like that you're in your head or you're overthinking and it maybe feels like you're disconnected from your body, the problem with personal growth now, and this is changing, but this is new. Like if you're listening to this, you're on the new up and up, but the behaviors that we have to do don't come from our head. They come from our body. Mm -hmm. So like something like, I forgot the exact question that you asked, but something like, like getting out of a relationship or for example, like my context, my coaching is all about in dating. So in dating, if you, um, if you tend to have a lot of anxiety, um, you know, in the conversation, or if you tend to like sleep with people before you really want to, or if you, um, accept, um, maybe people that just want to hang out and men that just want to hang out and chill. These are behaviors, right? These are not just mindsets. So the, the gap is, is like, I always say like embodying your self-love and your self-worth is very different than thinking about a mindset or a way of thinking or, or something like that. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we were saying like what blocks people from getting into a healthy relationship. So you're saying that they are continuously just choosing a behavior that doesn't really serve what they might actually want mm. or what might actually be healthy for them. Right. Mm. I would say that, that they aren't choosing. I would say a part mm-hmm. of them is choosing. And that okay. part is the part that, that I work on and that we need to work on. Right. So that's the healing. 
is the part that is choosing normally if we're choosing a bad relationship is is like a, a younger part of us. It's an abused, sad, lonely, um, mm. a part of us. So that, you know, it has to, to be an anxiety or be in, I know you probably talked about fight or flight here that has to be in fight or flight because that's all it knows. Right. So our higher self isn't choosing these shitty relationships for sure. And some people will, will say, oh, you're choosing a relationship so you can learn this. Yes. And we have to consciously, I think that we have to consciously be aware that if you're seeing like a pattern, which in my, the way that I work is a pattern is three or more behaviors. So a a pattern of, you know, feeling a lot of anxiety, if you haven't heard some from someone in 24 or 48 hours, if you're dating or a pattern of um, having these relationships and, and you can't seem to break out of it, then it's not really you that's choosing. It's just a younger part of you that needs healing. Okay. How do you help people get past that? Ooh, (sighs) lots of ways. Um, I think, you know, maybe this, this will help, uh, because we, we haven't really talked so much about dating now, but I have what's called a love method, um, for finding epic magnetic love. So maybe this will start people in the right direction. Okay. Um, L is look at your patterns as information. So, a lot of times in personal growth, um, we can feel a lot of shame. And this is the great thing about Instagram is that there's a lot of information out there. The not so great about thing about Instagram is people take that as therapy or a direction. And, and the thing, the thing is it like, when we have a, like a burst of information, it does help us. I'm not going to say that it doesn't, but it helps us in the short term. But if we're looking for long-term change, like for example, I, you know, I help women in get in monogamous committed relationships, right? If we're looking for long-term change and you're seeing a pattern, it's going to be more than just what we can read on Instagram. So start by looking at your patterns as information and try to remove shame from that, right? Look at it Mm -hmm. as objectively as possible. Um, And what that does is it'll start to lead you in the right direction of, okay, Um, So I'm having this problem. What is the next best, you know, inspired action step that I can take to alleviate that? A lot of times, um, you know, I think you would agree, Rachel, but a lot of times it is in therapeutic or coaching containers. So you can have people guide you down a journey that they've already been, right? Mm -hmm. The next one is O, which is um, open yourself to up to a better way right? Mm -hmm. Open yourself up to a better. So this is like what we were talking about before, which is when I was kind of in that dire straits is that I, it had, it took me to a place that I wouldn't want anyone to go, um, in depression and aloneness and desperation. Um, but there is a better way, right? There always is a better way. What trauma does to us, whether it be bigger traumas that we know of smaller traumas that we don't really know of. And we can talk about that if you want, but what trauma does is it puts in our life through a lens of like a pinhole, right? So if you've ever been in that situation where it's like, I, you know, um, you don't feel like that you have any opportunity or any options. You just feel blocked or, you know, I, you know, people say that you feel stuck, right? It's because when we heal our, our emotional trauma, we actually clear up space inside of ourselves, inside of our emotional selves, inside our physical self, even to just to see opportunity. And it doesn't happen overnight. Like it's like, um, you know, if you see me on video, I have like a pinpoint, but it opens up just a little 
And then you heal a little bit more on the next layer and it opens up just a little. It's not a linear progression, right? It's all over the, the freaking map. Mm-hmm. But there is always a better way. Like I have women come to me a lot and they're like, oh, I live in a small town. I can't meet anyone. And I'm like, hmm, okay. Um, I, you know, I acknowledge what you're going through, but I also know that there there are ways to go about this, right? So that would be step two. Uh, V, which is step three is value your energy. So specifically Mm -hmm. when I'm talking about dating, um, or this could be in other contexts as well. So what that thing that you're going after whatever it may be, whether that be in business, whether that be in love, whether that be in relationship, whether that be in personal growth, why are you going into this? How is your emotional state when you're going into this? What are you feeling on the inside? Is what you're doing, these actions, we're talking about behaviors all not mindset. So then this is like completely way different than what's talked about, um, you know, in regular personal development circles is what, what, what is this need looking to fulfill? Right. So for dating, for example, um, and y'all going to feel called out on this, but are you swiping when you're at the stoplight? Are you bored? <laughs> I know. Right. Are you? <laughs> I don't do, I don't even, I'm not on dating apps. I'm just, that's hilarious, <laughs> but it's true. Right. So okay. like, are you going on dating apps when you are sitting in front of the TV late at night and you're feeling lonely? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter where you are, what you're doing, I talk about relationships, dating and love, but value your energy. If you have an, a, a goal in mind and an outset is what you're doing to get there. Observe that. Where are you when you're going into this? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just in my head. I'm thinking, okay, what you're saying is, you know, when you're in those lower vibrational states, like when you're like, to me, that's low vibration, like being bored, Mm -hmm. feeling tired and fatigued at the end of the day, like not a lot of energy. Well, how, what is your intention at that point when you're swiping? Like you're, you're just trying to fill what, like this missing empty feeling versus if I did that, if I like set aside a time to do that and went in with good intentions and like a good mindset and like, okay, this is actually why I'm here. I have a purpose for this. This is what I'm looking for. And um, this is, I'm looking for this for like a long-term relationship or whatever it is and, and setting that intention versus being in this like bored, sad state and looking that way. Is that kind of the big difference Mm. there? Yeah, I would say, I just want to add some, some color to that too. And it's a great question. Mm -hmm. Sadness, boredom, anxiety is all normal. It's a normal human, human experience for sure. Right. The only way that I see and that I teach my clients to see that we're going to get any clarity on where we are when we have that intention. Now, this is a, like, Rachel, you know me, like I go deep, you know, if I'm given the opportunity, I go deep as fuck. So here we are. Great question. Okay, go there. So going, so we can set an intention, right? We can set an intent, but where's that living? Mm-hmm. Is it in your in, head? Uh, in the head. Okay. So what we really want to do, and the only way that I know to get to an intention that is embodied and in the body is healing. Mm-hmm. Right. So okay. find your therapist and find your coach, basically, <laughs> if this is resonating at all for you. So yes, intentions are good. And of course, and if someone's like, 
well, I have this intention, but I'm still having this behavior pattern. That's your error. Right. Right. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important. Like no one has these conversations. No, no one has these conversations. Um, the last point I want to, um, point out with the love method is E now, and this, if you're a feminine bodied woman could be triggering to you. And I want to say, good, let it trigger you sit in it, holler at me on uh, DMS on Instagram, holler Rachel on Instagram. So E is engage from your true essence, your true feminine essence. Now this does not happen. What we're talking about here, y'all is long-term change is long-term transformation. We're not talking about short-term gains. So engaging from your feminine essence takes all of these steps along with healing to do that. Most feminine bodied women have lived in their masculine their whole life. They they've had to, to achieve, to get validation in relationships and specifically in dating. Like Um, I used to get really frustrated on the apps because I was like, yo, I'm here, you know, like, uh, and I would feel like that I would be had, had to be the one leading. Now that is like a really small example. I'm not saying that women shouldn't lead, you know, talk to me, the Lily five years ago and me saying this, she wouldn't believe that this conversation was happening, but your true feminine essence, what is that? And this is a hard step. A lot of times in my trainings, I will ask the women there, do you feel like that you are 51% of the time? Do you feel like that you are, your true essence is masculine or feminine? And many times they say masculine and I don't want to devalue anyone's experience. That's not trauma informed at all. And most women, not all, like whoever's listening to this, not all are going to have a true feminine essence, but most of the time we do wear that conditioned masculine mask, right? Mm -hmm. So what happens when you engage from your true essence is you feel it's like this, this, this knowing and self-honoring self more even than self-love. Cause I feel like self-love is now like, it's a very head focused mentality, but it's this embodiment of worth. It's being able to to set boundaries specifically, you know, in my work in dating, it could be in other, other realms as well, set boundaries and stick with them. It's knowing that people can, can leave you or stay and you are going to be okay. It's like dating yourself, right? So engaging from your true essence, um, it's going to be more than just listening to this podcast. For example, it's healing all the parts of us that have had to wear a masculine mask through our whole lives. Probably like, again, Trophies on, you know, I had trophies on the wall, making six figures, dope ass re- resume. Um, so I had to start to heal that part of me that told me that femininity was weak and that takes time. Can you expand upon exactly what masculine and feminine parts mean for someone who doesn't really understand that and what those mm-hmm. dynamics are? Yeah, sure. Um, would you like it in the context of relationship or just in context of, mm-hmm. Can you give a li- maybe a little bit of both? You don't have to go super, super deep, but. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the reason that masculine and feminine, I call it polarity is important is specifically when we're taught, like my zone of genius is relationships and love. So in relationships and love, 
in order to be, to have like sexual intimacy in order to be intimate, in order to, for that to be sustained, you know, we don't want to have any roommate situations out there, (laughs) y'all, but, (laughs) but (laughs) so in order for this intimacy to be sustained, there is a natural, like we're born with 51% of the time. I like to say most of the times it's more, but let's just start at 51%. One partner and whether this could be in, in homosexual relationships too, but it can also be in heterosexual relationships. One partner needs to hold the feminine pole and one partner needs to hold the masculine pole. And you know, you, there's, there's evidence, you know, if you, I know you're about nature, yin and yang is about this, the yep. sun and the moon is about this, the dark and light is about this, right? So the masculine is presence seeking freedom. Okay. The feminine is freedom seeking presence. Now that may not make much sense now, but just let that sink in just for now. So okay. In order to have this dynamic in relationship, and this doesn't work necessarily, you know, in business, women have to, for at least for now, there aren't a lot of feminine, you know, run businesses from a feminine perspective because of things that that's a whole other podcast, but it's, I think it's changing, but if we're talking about relationships, specifically romantic relationships, if we don't have that polarity, what happens is if, if a woman is kind of in maybe like more of a feminine creature, but she's acting more in a masculine way. Like maybe, um, um, I don't know, it could be a lot of things. So I don't really want to, I'm, I'm afraid to point somebody out like really, really hardcore because of shame. But if like you feel out of your body when you are dating, like maybe pushing too hard or getting frustrated or like everything that we've just talked about with our like four-step process, then that tends to take us because of our conditioning too, and Disney and all this stuff, but it tends to take us out of our, our true feminine, right? So if a, like a, a true feminine woman is in a relationship or pursuing relationship and is in her masculine mask, what happens is, is the masculine, those two masculines in a relationship tend to butt heads, right? So the man wants to lead, but the woman doesn't let him, mm-hmm. the man wants to lead and the woman doesn't let them. So that can happen. You know, those two people can end up getting together, but there's always a lot of friction because, um, you know, that there's just a mismatch, like an energetic mismatch. And sometimes, you know, the man will kind of go in and acquiesce based off of his trauma, his history, society, and all that stuff. The man can kind of back up and then start to wear a feminine mask when he's really supposed to be masculine. So, you know, that relationship is kind of mismatched and there's a lot of, you know, there's more than just kind of what what we can cover today, but there, that's kind of where people get into these situations where they lose, you know, chemistry after six months or after the honeymoon period. Right. So the importance of, I always take it from an inside out perspective, the importance of healing ourselves so that at least in the feminine body person, we know again, that vulnerability isn't weak, that our emotions mm-hmm. aren't weak, that, um, being who we truly are, isn't weak or sad or not, you know, looked right upon by a society or what have you, that is our work. And so when we do that, we can attract and be the magnet. Like I always say, be the magnetic woman is be the magnet to those true masculine, um, masculine bodied men that we really, really want. Mm-hmm. 
Is okay. that helpful? Yes. It's a lot. What is something that a woman could do if she feels herself in that super, super masculine energy all the time? Like what's one or two things? Like just give a couple examples of how the heck do I become more feminine? <laughs> mm. Number one is going to be heal. It's always going to be heal for me. It's always okay. going to be heal. Um, if you think about what we're talking about, which is, you know, emotional trauma too, mm-hmm. um, we've had to adopt these, these like characters and parts and inside ourselves to survive. Right. So what happens is these, these parts of ourselves that need to hold space. You know, I was a big space holder for my family. I was a big energy holder for my family. I was a mediator in my family. Um, and that got me through, like I didn't die in childhood, but here today when I'm, um, I'm, pers- you know, I'm, I, I want to be the true expression of myself. I want my business to be an expression of me. I want my relationships to be expre- an expression of me. I want to know who I am. I want to be connected to who I am and what I want. I want to be able to communicate that very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, there are part, those parts of us need to be healed. So that's the number one thing, the number one thing. And this, I would say maybe the second thing is to take time with yourself. You know how I am about, mm-hmm. um, about boundaries, um, with my time, if we can take time with ourselves and it's more, y'all, it, it's more than just like self-love. Um, I say this a lot on all the podcasts that I am on, but self-love is not something that we can just go buy at the store. And I think that we have got, we have transitioned into this place of people just say that you need to have more self-love so that other people can love you. If it was easy like that, we would already been, been doing it right. Like, and I know your story, if, if I'm sure I it's okay to talk about, but I know your story about like, you know, about, uh, your breast implants, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of women go do this to feel like a woman, right? Yeah. And how much, how feminine do you feel right now? Honestly? Yeah. I mean, I feel great without them. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm happier without them because yeah. that was just an external thing trying to gain exactly trying to gain more self-confidence and self and like love from other people by looking a certain way, by being on this standard of like a beautiful blonde woman with breasts. Right. Yeah. And that is, I lived with them for seven years and then I took them out for my health, but I also was like, this actually isn't fully me. Like this isn't even myself. I just want to be me as much as possible. And then see what happens. Like there's so many other great qualities about me, right? It's not, it's not that external thing that's going to make me happier or make someone else happier. hundred percent. Right. So this, that's, that's the, the, like, we're talking about behaviors here. We're not talking about mindset. So the behavior for you was, I feel shitty inside. I feel, and sorry if I'm calling you out, but no, you know, I think talk, it's, go it's for important. It. So yeah. is I feel shitty inside. I don't have any self-love. Let me go do this, which ended up like in a lot of harm and hurt and pain, you know, that you're probably still recovering from. Cause I would be too. Like it takes time to heal y'all. It's not that just shit was traumatic. At, yeah. <laughs> it's not something that we just go buy at the store. Right. So the only way, you know, you asked for a couple little, little points. Um, and you know how I am about my time. I am, I, I, 
protect my time boundary. I love setting boundaries, but not in the way that is really mean or hurtful. Again, whole other podcast on that. I have, you know, I've, a couple of times that I've talked about that on my podcast too, but spend time with yourself to, to know what lights you up, how you feel when you're alone um, and get, be bored mm-hmm. hard. This is difficult. It's not easy. So if you heal and then you start to spend time with yourself, that self-love tank and that femininity part of your true essence will start to feel safe. So it can emerge. So some people say that there's two different thought camps on this of healing with relationships and, and self and all of that kind of stuff. One is you do your most healing in a relationship. And the other is you should wait as long as possible to get into a relationship. Total opposites. Where are you at? Mm. Very curious. <laughs> Where are you at? <laughs> so first of all, I want to say that, that if you're listening to this, your path is your path. So I want to say that whatever, it, whatever path you're on, whatever journey you're on is perfect. And thank you for being there here. You're good enough. You're perfect as you are. You don't need to change. So I think it depends on the type of relationships do heal, like no doubt they relationships do heal. I don't even know if I am in the camp. I think I'm Switzerland right now, actually. I'm Switzerland as well. Yeah. (laughs) I think they're both great ideas. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I think what I just, I really just want to, again, pinpoint that your experience matters wherever you are. So my healing path is not going to be your healing path. I think that there is great value in getting the, you know, in the type of relationships I'm thinking about right now, Rachel, and you can correct me if this is the wrong, the wrong path I'm going down or whatever, but the relationships that I'm thinking about that have been most healing for me have been in these containers that we're talking about, like therapy or coaching. Um, I healed on my own for a long time. Uh, you know, we've talked about this offline, right? Healing on your own is dope. It's amazing. You can come through great insights. You can see great things. You can have great epiphanies and things can start to change. What happened with me was that I hit a wall. I hit a wall. I kept seeing these behaviors and and patterns happening in my life in relationships with men, you know, attracting unavailable, emotionally unavailable partners. Um, Again, sleeping with people way too earlier than I really wanted to saying, oh, it's cool. You know, I can do this. Just have fun, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know it at the time, but those behaviors were really, again, part like that was, that was the arrows for me to start to heal. And it took time to do that. Right. So there is great value in doing something on your own for sure. And if you, if you're still seeing patterns, then there's more there. And most of the time, and this is what people don't talk about that too, is that in therapeutic relationships and coaching relationships, the rate of healing is going to be like multiplied. I don't even know what a stat is, maybe 10,000, 10, not 10,000 times, like 10 times more quickly, quickly than you would doing it solo. Now, when it Mm -hmm. comes to relationships, we have to be part of healing is, you know, it goes in different phases, but part of healing is actually knowing what you want, saying what you need, 
And then also being able to express that as well. And then the final step is being okay. You know, so if you're familiar with attachment styles, a secure attachment style is being okay, whether people come or whether people go. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, when it comes to relationships, it does help having, you know, a model of that in these therapeutic and coaching containers. For example, when someone um, jumps into my six month intensive, I recommend for most of my clients that they aren't in a relationship or if they are, um, or if they're, you know, on the apps to not do that for three months, because what my, my healing is and what y'all can probably tell is I do the inside out approach. There is never a part of me in dating where it's going to be like, Oh, uh, just fix your profile and put up these pictures and, um, make sure you say this and put your best, best foot forward on your first date. That's not going to lead you in a great direction of like having an authentic committed relationship. So, you know, it's, it's a both. And it's like almost, it's like this titration when we're talking about, um, in therapy or in coaching, it's like, how do you show up in relationship? How do you show up by yourself? And then where is your unique middle ground, your unique balance in your journey to kind of get you where, where you want to go. So, yeah, I mean, in the end, I guess I'm Switzerland. Okay. <laughs> I like that answer. And you said you did mention attachment styles a little bit. How does that show up in a relationship? What are different attachment styles? Mm. Well, I've um, put together a few archetypes about attachment styles and they line up with um, the different attachment styles out there. Um, if your audience is familiar with the attachment styles, um, there are four that um, speak pretty you know, commonly in um, different types of relationships. The first one is the anxious, anxious attachment style. And the archetype that I put on this is the chill woman. And we talk about this, um, in the context of dating, but again, we're, if we're talking about behaviors and the way that we feel inside, um, wherever it is, like this has happened. I've seen my attachment styles emerge, like in business. I've seen my attachment styles uh, emerge in money, um, in career, even in friendships. Right. So the chill woman in the context of dating, she's pretty familiar with overwhelm and anxiety, right? And this tends to flare up in a span of like 24 or 48 hours after hearing, after not hearing from the other person. So she's in that anxious state, right? She's, um, she really like wants somebody to be there. People will call her quote unquote needy or too much. Um, she tends to get ghosted often. And she doesn't understand why, like she would like a conversation, but for some reason, like the people that she's attracting kind of ghost her and she doesn't get it. Um, sometimes these anxious attachment, um, style, like the chill woman in dating, um, the boundaries are a little bit thin, like the dating boundaries are a little bit thin. Like she'll tell herself she'll go on a first or second date. She'll tell herself that she doesn't want to sleep with them. And, but she ends up doing that, right. Because she really wants connection and I get it. Like she wants connection. Mm -hmm. Um, she kind of convinces herself that she's okay with that. Um, the chill woman also tends to attract men who want, just want to hang out and chill. Like they're not really concrete or solid about what their intention is, what, what the path that they're going. Um, and again, like Boundaries kind of thin. <laughs> Boundaries kind of thin. So, uh, so <laughs> sorry, y'all. We're having, I'm laughing here. <laughs> Sometimes people feel way too seen with this. Uh, <laughs> if that's what you're feeling, uh, feel free to edit. So, <laughs> probably will. <laughs> Just snip this out. 
Sorry, I'll stop oh. laughing. Yeah. Well, authenticity is cool too. So whatever you want to do. <laughs> so, so the chill woman tends to attract men who just want to hang out and, and chill. And she like, again, like she's craving connection. She really wants connection. Um, she really wants someone to see her and hear her. And, and in previous relationships, that was her normal complaint. Like, why don't you hear me? Why don't you see me? Right. And so mm -hmm. again, if we talk about behaviors, these behaviors are really not that, that healthy. So the anxious attachment style really is, is, you know, for lack of a better term, they really crave connection. And what, what we really want, what this, this anxious attacher and this children woman really wants is she wants somebody who's just going to, who's going to be there and not leave. Right. So she can't control quote unquote, y'all control these internal anxieties, these internal um, behaviors. And she tends to kind of set herself up and see this pattern of, 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 um, you know, kind of self-defeating and self-sabotaging behavior, not your fault, not your fault. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. So we'll move on to the fortress woman and the fortress woman. And let me just say this too. I've always forget to say this when I go into this, these I'm not preaching at y'all y'all. I went through these phases. Mm -hmm. I will never talk about something that I have not experienced. So I went through these phases. I've walked this path. There is a better way. So I just want to put that there. So the fortress woman is the woman that has the wall, like the size of the great wall of China around her heart. She's closed the fuck up. She, um, she's been hurt by love before, like really deeply hurt, like a, an aching hurt. And the only way to defend her heart is to not let someone in. <clears throat> She does feel like she's fine. Y'all, this was me. I felt like I was fine. And I wanted, like, when I had my vision board, my vision board was a dope-ass house with, like, 10 dogs. And I thought that I was okay with that. In reality, I wasn't, right? So the fortress woman will maybe more than likely have a hard time receiving this information from me. And I'm okay with that. So there is um, a unique kind of way to get through the fortress woman. So when we'll talk about that, if she's dating, she, when she's dating and if she's on the app, she will find fault with the other person really, really quickly, like really quick. Um, not even really knowing it, but really judgy. Um, mm. and she'll, she'll turn, she'll like delete block, uh, you know, whatever it is really quickly, stop the conversation really quickly. So she's the, this is the avoidant type, right? So if we, if we're going, you know, I mirror these ar archetypes based off of the attachment styles, right? So this is the avoidant type of person. She has a hard time trusting others, right? Like people have not been safe for her. Um, and there is, there's a part of her, if she really, really looks really deep, and a lot of my clients have already been through therapy and all this stuff and has at least knows this, there's a part of her that doesn't want to be alone, but there is a stronger part, which is the behaviors that we see that doesn't want to feel the pain of vulnerability and opening up to love. And you may say, like, if I'm going through these, you may say to yourself, well, I'm a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And that's normal. And it doesn't really matter. Again, like labels are important. Um, these are signposts. Like what the purpose of this is to, for signposts of, oh shit, that's my behavior. And, oh, that can be fixed. Okay, let's go. That's the, that's the idea and the purpose and the intention as we're talking about before of why I feel like these are important. So that's a fortress woman. Um, do you know anybody that's a fortress woman? Oh, I've been there. 
Okay. Yeah. hundred. Right. Totally. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah. In, in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So the goddess woman is the, um, disorganized is the way that I kind of model the disorganized attachment style. Now disorganized, it's like, a, it, this is a, this is a hard one because it's kind of a mix of the fortress and the chill. Um, but again, oh, wait, that might about, be me. Yeah, it could be like, it is <laughs> hard just for me. In, in certain situations, it's hard for me to distinguish what I am and, and what I'm not. Um, okay. in the end, again, what I really just want this to be is a signpost like, oh, okay. Like I, you, you're seeing me a little bit too much, Lily. I don't like it. So well, good. Like, let's sit there and let's figure out a way to like, to get you what you want, which is what I, you know, like what I talk about is being magnetic, like attracting those dope ass men, those people that really want to see you, love you, hold you, support you, protect you. Um, because again, there is a better way. So the goddess woman, she's pretty confused by love. I like to say that, that the, I don't know this, this is dating me, but, um, you know, that song by REM love hurts. Like that's her theme song. Love hurts like that. Right. Oh so that's yeah. Her, yeah. That's her theme song. <laughs> she, the goddess woman typically is very into personal growth work and personal fulfillment. So like, again, this can be a little bit here, a little bit there, but she's, she's pretty much in the game. Like she's, she's been doing it for a while. She probably knows about d- divine feminine energy. She probably, um, you know, is again, like she's pretty self-aware at this point, her, one of the biggest pain points for her is that her perception on the outside, like her IG looks really good, but she doesn't feel it on the inside, right? Like she doesn't understand, especially when we're talking about love, she doesn't understand why it's so hard. Why, you know, I see a lot of times like, oh, you know, like we're in Phoenix. So Phoenix sucks or Scottsdale sucks for men or whatever. Right. Mm So again, when we have these statements there, you know, that there's a, you know, that for me, that's like a, that's a flag of like, oh, there's something to be healed right there. Right. So she doesn't understand. She is, um, she wants to be in the dating world. Like she wants to be, but there's like this push pull energy that happens that she doesn't quite understand. Like she knows her worth in her head, but she, again, the way the people that she's attracting the, the way that she's embodying her self-love and self-worth don't really indicate that that is really what she's totally a hundred percent with you know, on her internal, like in her in, internal capacity environment and compass, right. um, deep down, she knows that the masculine need, like she wants to feel coveted and, and chased. She does, but that type of vul- vulnerability is really, really hard for her. Right. So again, we're talking about like, maybe, um, like wearing the, the, the masculine, mask a little bit, especially like for the goddess woman. Cause she knows she's pretty smart, right? She may feel like a need for a conscious relationship, but she's also feels like she's intimidating to men and whether she has kind of understood that or what have you, or maybe she's gotten feedback in the past. Like maybe she, she emasculates men without even knowing it because she's smart. She knows what's up. She knows what she wants. She, she's written out, <laughs> she's written out her, you know, her list of, of qualities that she wants in a partner, all of that stuff. And again, can, if it cannot seem to translate into real life, that's where we got to go. Um, she knows, um, she craves sameness in a way. Like I have a problem sometimes with people craving conscious relationships, not in the way that 
it's not possible, not in the way that, um, that it, you know, I just feel like it's a label that sometimes people don't understand. Like a conscious relationship is to me is a relationship that is good for you. And that's it. You know, um, there, the label for having a conscious relationship can really hurt the goddess woman because it puts, puts her in a box and it puts the other person in the box, which is also, um, easy if you want control. Right. And so part of the feminine is, is to be in a world where you're okay without having control and you're safe. And it's all from the internal, from the inside. Um, last thing with the, with the goddess woman is that she gets a lot of feedback when she's dating that she doesn't, they don't feel like that, that she has enough time for them. Like she travels a lot. She's with her girlfriends a lot. She has a lot of, um, she has a lot going on. She probably has a, you know, a, um, a, a career or a purpose, but she gets a lot of feedback. It just doesn't seem like that she has time. So there's, there's the goddess. <laughs> so what we really, really, really want to get to, and at least 51% of the time, if not more, I go for this in my personal life for 80% of the time, 80, 20 is the magnetic woman. So the magnetic woman knows who she is. She knows what she wants. She honors herself by setting to and sticking with dating boundaries. So if it's, if you're not dating, it could be dating in relationship. It could be date or excuse me. It could be um, boundaries in relationship, boundaries in business, boundaries in career boundaries. Boundaries are more than just saying no, y'all there's all that again. Like it's a whole other kind of, of um, side note. Um, the magnetic woman is loving and caring of herself when she messes up, right? So she has, has a new relationship with this inner critic that she has and probably has been living with for her whole life. Like, why did you do this? Why are you messing up? Um, you shouldn't be doing this. Why are you, you know, all of this stuff like this, this inner critic that, um, tends to dictate our life. Right. So she, she's loving and caring with herself when she messes up, she has her internal worth and her magnetism has moved from her head to her body. So when the actions and the behaviors line up, the magnetic woman is open to connection, to possibility, to enhancement, to fulfillment, enjoyment, joy. People like often say to her, like, I love how you show up. Right. And that is her magnetism coming forward. Right. She knows how to receive, receive love deeply. And this is more than just, again, reading on Instagram and be like, oh, a feminine knows how to receive. This is a deep embodiment of self-love and self-worth and um, openness that is safe internally. Um, she asks for what she wants and she's okay either way. And the magnetic woman, again, is, is modeled off of the secure attachment that we're talking about. So in dating, she recognizes the magnetic woman recognizes quickly whether someone is right for her or not. She goes through that process instead of this, um, because she's able to express all of these things like very, you know, clearly or not perfect or not, it doesn't matter. It just matters whether she's speaking up for herself and her expression. Um, she's open to the possibility of connection, right? So we're talking about like trauma puts you in this, in this deep, dark hole. She's healed enough to be open to possibility. She doesn't idolize her dating interest. She's able to um, clearly see, hear, observe, and receive all of this information that she's giving to him as information, right? So it's not a validation. It's not an affirmation. It's information. 
she's patient. She's patient in the dating or wherever, you know, you are right now because she is honor, honoring herself. And you and I talk about this a lot, but her femininity, like her magnetism is her power. It's her power. I'm so glad we got to go over all those. I love that. I've definitely bounced between a lot of those too. <laughs> I've been there. So I'm sure a lot of people can relate to all of this information. Okay. Well, I think this is a really good place to stop, but I do like to always ask my guests a very specific question. And when I say this, this can be, I mean, anything you want, whether it's related to trauma relationships or something completely different, feel free to answer with whatever your heart feels and what you want to say. But if you could leave everybody with one action that they can actually take this week to help them live a healthier, happier life, mm-hmm. what would that action be? I would say that's step one. Look at your patterns as information okay. with, without the shame. Um, if you can remove the shame and put your shame in a pot in your pocket, put your shame a little bit outside your body. Um, look, look at your patterns as just as information. And the more that we can open up to this information from what I've experienced. And I feel like maybe even what you've experienced or what my clients have experienced is if we at least open up that information in that Avenue, like for me, when I was kind of, you know, saying I wanted to leave this earth, um, that was the time when I opened up to, to whatever my next step was in healing. Right. So write it down, put it in your journal, take a week and like open a notes app and being like, whatever, you know, goal that you have this week, whether it be relationships or, or more money or what have you, like, what are, what are the behaviors what's happening? Right. More than mindset, right. We're getting deeper into like the behaviors and like that you're like wanting an action, like what, what's happening with you in your life. And if we can just pull the shame out of it and be objective for a minute, what's happening there. And more oftentimes than not, when we do that, we kind of, we open up to what, again, like whatever our next step is, whatever our next aligned action step is. Um, and normally it's pretty small, you know, like it's like, sometimes you'll be scrolling through Instagram and be like, somebody will say like, Oh, like, Oh shit. Like this is what I wrote down this week. Right. So we won't, we won't know that. We won't know that until we kind of observe you know, what we're doing in the form of like a loving way. So we can find, find our next step to heal or whatever it is that we need. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. Mm. All right, Lily. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was really fun. And there was so much other stuff that we could have talked about. So <laughs> maybe we'll have to do another episode. Just share if we did miss anything that you did want to touch on really quickly, feel free to talk about that. And then besides that, just tell people where they can find you if they have questions or if they want to work with you even. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you. I, you know, yeah, we could go on for hours, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for this time. Um, You know, I think that we covered a lot of things today. Like I, I feel in my body that we covered a lot of things. So I want to say if you're listening and you feel called out and you feel like it was a lot of information and maybe in your head, like to be real, I'm feeling a little bit in my head right now. And that's okay. Um, is just, you know, like the kindness and self-compassion is more than just what we read about, you know, or what we, the podcast that we listen to or what have you. So, um, just know that I love you. I support you. You're already good enough. You don't have to be fixed. You're not broken. Um, 
and yeah, come hang out with me on Instagram. Uh, I, that's where I do most of, of my interaction with community and I do a lot of uh, other teachings and live trainings as well. So, um, my Instagram is L I L L I B as in boy, E W L E Y. And yeah, come hang out over there. And, um, I think maybe in the next month or so, I'm going to have some uh, new free trainings coming up as well, but I appreciate you being here. You're already enough and I support you. So. Okay. And I'll put the links to your Instagram and everything. And we have your podcast link too. We'll put that in there. You have an awesome podcast. Mm. So yes, if you're listening to this, you should listen to your podcast. Um, you have, how many episodes are you at now? Uh, I just hit, well, I just hit like, uh, 3000 hours, um, okay. with, with like a hundred full length episodes. So I'm on one Oh one this week. Okay. Ooh, one Oh one. That's a good number. That's so exciting. So yeah, you guys have lots of stuff to catch up on and this was such a good talk. So thank you again. Mm, Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed that conversation between Lily and I, and if you did learn anything, I challenge you to implement that into your life. And if you find benefit in it, send me a message on Instagram at natural health rising to share what worked for you. You can find Lily's Instagram and podcast info in the show notes. And if you felt like you could relate to anything that we talked about in this episode, please reach out to her and see if she can help you to get to where you really want to be in your dating life and find that magnetic love that you deserve. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment, rating, or share it with a friend who needs to hear this information. Comments and ratings really help the show so that people will listen and I can continue to help other people level up their health and entire life holistically. Thanks for listening and keep striving to become your healthiest, happiest self.